0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in
1: Tuscaloosa. Is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great that would be my message to everybody here make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way god bless you and roll tide
2: jay barker led the crimson tide to a national championship in 1992 winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history 35-2-1 member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama, live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show.
3: Uh, As soon as um, I found out I was going to be in a playoff, I mean, I didn't. When I missed the putt on 18, I looked at the leaderboard in regulation. I looked at the leaderboard and saw, and I had a pretty good feeling that that, that putt was pretty important. Um, I had a really good putt, just hit it a little little too hard. Um, but I, I didn't know what the score was going to be. I mean, I knew I kind of looked to. I, I looked at the leaderboard last night, just kind of looked at, surveyed it, just I guess took one last look at it, if you will. Um and I mean, there's a lot of great players ahead of me, but it, I know that they hadn't won a major before, and um, I know it, I hadn't won in a while, but I just, I remember how tough it was, and I remember how tough it is now to win. So I knew I was going to be nervous, and I knew that they'd be feeling the exact same thing. So I felt like I probably needed to get to six or seven to have a chance, but um, but I also didn't know. I mean, I just as well knew two or three could be in a playoff. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen, and uh yeah just glad stayed patient and kind of went about my about my way yeah I, I think now I only have like 150 other things to do that he's done to where he can stop giving me grief so uh, I guess it's just a stepping stone um no I'm yeah any I mean the list of champions at this place I think kind of speak for themselves um or speak for itself it's just you, when you get good golf courses like this it's you don't I mean, you hate to say a fluke win, whatever, but it just—it seems like you have to—you you have to know your way around. You just have to—you have to play golf and you have to execute. And I think the being on the list of champions at this golf course is um, is very, very special because you know all those others have been able to do that, and, and it's definitely a nice doing it after he did it, Nessa. For sure, and, and yeah, I mean, bogeying in number three was a bad. I mean wasn't a bad bogey but it wasn't um wasn't a good one I guess you could say it wasn't definitely wasn't as good as my bogey on 6 but um yeah it just was it was just one of those things where I felt like the golf course was going to be set up a little bit you know like pretty conducive to birdies like have the opportunity to if you hit the fairways if you got it going but um you just don't know what they're going to do. You know, the leaders could shot through 400 today, and, like, I could have grinded and, and made a couple more birdies, and I finished on 18. I look at the leaderboard, I'm 4-5 back. But I just was just trying to birdie every hole I could when I had the opportunity, and if not, just save a par and move on. All
4: right, uh, Justin Thomas, JT, you heard it. Man, what a comeback. What the biggest comeback in the major, 54-hole uh, at the deficit that he was at and uh, to come back and win it. And, uh, right there, a great thing from him, uh, some massive, thank you. Well, go back to, if you don't mind, Josh, real quick, I was going to read that, uh, what he said, a massive thank you to everybody involved in making days like yesterday happen. It's why I and all of us work our tails off to be in scenarios like that. There's nothing better. I couldn't be happier to be a two-time PGA championship winner. Let's keep it rolling. And, um, we're talking, mm-hmm. um, Matt and I, and also, uh, Lars about how special it was seeing his dad, you know, following him throughout the rounds, which he does normally. His dad being a PGA professional, his dad uh, being a part of, uh, you know, understanding the growth of his son, seeing him, watching him, coaching him throughout the years. His mom there, his fiance there. Afterwards, what a great win for Justin! What a tough loss, though, uh, as well uh, for the others. And um, man, you talk about some really tough shots. The pressure getting to you there at the end. We saw the what four putt at the uh, the Masters where. Uh, even though uh, they still went on the wind. The the pressure in those moments just gets so tough. Justin Thomas, he thrives on it. He loves it, even after I had a really rough, uh, what the bogey uh, where he was shanked it off the trees (laughs) into the sand. He talked about how that was kind of the the, the the turning point for him as well.
5: On the par 3-6, I mean, he shanked it, and he had a 20-footer to save bogey. Now, think about the mental fortitude it comes to do this. He totally shanks it. And after he, he, he drains the putt, he looks to his caddy, Bones, who is Phil Mickelson's caddy, and we'll get into all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, blank, I have to be the first guy who's ever shanked the blank out of one and won the BGA championship. Right. Yeah. And uh, look, I, I, I think when you look at Justin Thomas, he can kind of come off as a, like this country, cl- uh, country club brat, but he's not. He's a cold-blooded killer, and that is why Tiger loves him. That is why they are best friends, because uh, I love everything about Justin's game. He's my favorite player on the tour. Uh, great uh, win for a former Alabama golfer. Yeah, congratulations.
6: I love Southern Hills, and I love the tradition there. It's just a wonderful course in the middle of the oil field. Yeah. You know? yeah. uh, they take a lot of pride in, in their presentation and so forth. But uh, there was a big group of us uh, at my granddaughter's birthday party yesterday. Well, happy we birthday. Just, we were just glued yeah. to the TV. Uh oh, we 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 kept. She's four. Four, okay. And then they had their water park thing and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I mean, people were just yelling. Yeah. And and but here's one thing I'm wondering in Tulsa: do they not let them yell "roll roll tide" or do they edit it out? Because usually you hear any time he tees off, somebody's going to yell "roll tide." Mm-hmm. I didn't hear a single one all weekend. I did not. I did not hear it. And I think um, they have
5: a "roll tide" mute right there for CBS. <laughs> they just hit a little button and and. But, uh, you know, go back five years ago when Justin had his breakthrough win at the 2017 PGA uh, Championship. And at that time, we all thought that he was going to be the future of the game And uh, since that triumph at, at Quill Hollow. But he's really been passed by Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, uh, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, among others. And, uh, it, you know, when he was playing those three extra holes against Zalatorius, who I actually thought was gonna? I thought he had a great shot uh, because of, of of that chip that he hit on six off the pavement. But but Justin was playing as if his reputation was at stake.
4: Jay, yeah, I think we got Brack up. I want to make sure we do. Uh, is uh, Mike Bracken, who was actually a caddy and has been on this course many times, head coach at Jeff State. And always been great to come on and spend time with us. And uh, as we've kind of worked through some of the things, real quick, presented by Top Golf of Birmingham, also driven by Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street, Oxford, Anderson. Go by and see all the great folks there at Sonny King Ford. Brack, how are you, my man? What did you think about that win yesterday?
7: Oh, man. How about that? Uh, I, I, maybe there's only three guys in history, you know, seven shots or something. That's by
4: the way, can you crazy? hear me okay? Yeah, I know you're at. The, yeah, we got you. We got you good. I okay. know you're at the beach, okay. um, and, and having some time off, Mike, Mike, he was uh, going to come in. He said, man, I'll be in studio if I could be, because when I'm at the beach, I go, well, no, you, you're good. <laughs> you're perfect <laughs> uh, over the phone. So, so just kind of run through the mindset of coming back from the deficit he came back from. And as a caddy, what do you t- – because you know, you've caddied on the senior tour. You've t- uh, uh, caddied on the tour. You've uh, a golf coach at Jeff State, so in a sense you're coaching up people. Telling them, you know, things to be thinking about during those moments. What are you telling a guy at that time when it looks like he's out of contention? All of a sudden, he gets back in. Now there's a playoff. Got three holes to play, and he goes on to win it.
7: Well, you just know, you just kind of enjoy the ride when you're a caddy. But uh, you know, you start the day you send seven shots back, and you know you have nothing to lose, really. You have everything to gain. And uh, all you want to do is go out there and play a good round of golf, which Justin did, and and you see what happens. Uh, you know it, it's it's sad the the kid from Chile. He, you know, he played great until what? Mm-hmm. Maybe the last eleven, twelve holes.
5: And uh, and Brandon. you know, come, yes, sir. Sorry, I I didn't mean to inter- interrupt. There's a little bit of a delay no. here. Um, okay. Since since Justin won at Quail Hollow. What kind of maturation have you seen from him? He, he, he's gained 15 pounds, uh, and he's also uh, – so that's one question, the maturation you've seen. But also how important has uh, Bones been, his, his caddy, who was the longtime caddy for Phil Mickelson? And, and, and one interesting note, I, and I didn't realize this, that one of uh, Bones' grievances with Phil – was that he always kept the 18th hole flag after their victories, and that violates the long standing tradition that the caddy gets to keep it. And walking off the final green on Sunday, Bones was carrying uh, not just the flag, but the flag stick as well. <laughs> and uh, one, of, one of my buddies who was covering it said to Bones, Hey, it looks like you got a death grip on that thing. And he looked at my friend who's a reporter. And a tear, tears were running down Bones's face. Uh, yeah, I mean, so obviously this was very important to Bones. But again, the maturation of of JT that you've seen, and the importance of Bones uh, to JT's game.
7: Well, you know, I met Justin, I guess back in 2013 or 14 when he was on the Corn Ferry tour. And to see him where he was then, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, you, you get the right people in your corner, and and uh, you know, you, you learn something about golf every single day when you're when you play the sport for a living. Uh, you know, I've been out there for 20 years, and I still learn something every day. I'm out there with one of my guys, uh, but I mean, it's just amazing at, at, at what JT has done uh, over the you know eight, nine, ten years that he's been out there. I mean, it's, in my opinion, he's he's the best player in the world. He's, uh, he's, he's got all, all the, all the tools for the game. I mean, it's just, he's a good driver of the golf ball. He's a great iron player and a pretty good putter.
5: And then the importance of, uh, bones being with him.
7: Yeah. Bones, uh, you know, it, it always helps to have a good guy in your corner. Uh, and you know, bones is one of the best, uh, you know just, you know these guys they get pumped up too out there you know we're we just kind of kind of like a jockey on a horse you got to pull him back just a little bit you know calm him down and and uh or, you know remind him hey you know we're in this thing let's let's don't make any stupid mistakes
6: mike um i'd rather focus on JT but the question needs to be asked especially since Lars just brought him up this so was almost criminal and and it was his choice i guess in the long run but not having your defending champ, especially with the way that Phil won at Kiowa last year, just uh I, I watched the whole thing with, you know, an asterisk beside it. Does that make sense? Yes,
7: it does. Uh you know, it, it's still the PGA championship, right? I mean it's you know, it, it, it stinks that, that Phil wasn't there, but he uh made the decision not to be there, you know. Uh and nobody really knows when he's gonna play again. Mm-mm. He has been uh, I mean,
4: really hush
8: is, hush about yeah, it.
4: Unbelievable. So you're talking about you learn something different every time you're out there, what have you learned from me? <laughs> <laughs> oh
9: <laughs> well that was <laughs> uh <laughs>
7: no, not to hit for it. the first time Well, the first time in my life I'm speechless. I I I I I I can't answer that question. <laughs> no. No, it's uh it was a lot of fun, you know. I, I I snuck out there the other day when you guys were playing in the uh, the A Club tournament or whatever, and mm. it's uh, it, it, it's fun watching you guys, you know, outside the element, uh, get around the golf course. It's 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 fun to me.
10: So when
4: you look at just JT, you said right now he is the best uh, in, in 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 golf in your mind. Um, young guy, uh, what do you see anything that he needs to work on in his game? I mean. Gosh, I mean, he's, he's you know, he's got get all the tools in in the in the toolbox.
7: That's that's right. He's it, got every tool. I mean, uh, I, I I don't know what he can work on. I mean, just you know, just keep doing the things you're doing, right? I mean, you you just won the PGA Championship and on a hard golf course, by the way, we played there last year for our senior PGA, and it's 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 a hard golf course. People don't you know they watch it on TV, but until you're there, it it, it does no justice for it.
5: Yeah. And yesterday it seemed that, uh, it was almost survival mode. Uh, you saw Cameron Young fade away. You saw Rory McIlroy, who, uh, he, he, he he was so close, but then he just got blown away by that strong Oklahoma wind, uh, Mike Fitzpatrick, and then, uh, poor Mito Piera, that, that young Chilean who, uh, Man, he came to the 72nd 70, 70 tee, leading by one, and then just completely, uh, you know, loses it there. Goes in the water, has a double bogey, and uh, man, that that has to be the most final uh, hole double bogey since Mi- Phil Mickelson at uh, Wingfoot what sixteen years ago. But then there's Justin. You know, the putter really wasn't working for him for uh, a good part of the uh, of the week uh, of the uh, of the four days but uh, not 17 he, was so intimidating. he just stuck with it yeah. um what, what does that say just about uh, Justin's sort of mental capacity just to really again I, I, it was almost survival mode there uh, as the as the as the final groups were coming to uh, the last two three holes you know that's
7: that's that's the truth because I heard him say something about you know nerves you, you wouldn't believe how nervous this is meat old kid was, uh, I mean, you know, it, he's got a one shot lead on a very tough, tough hole in the PGA championship to win his first major. It, it, it's, it's, I mean, until you're there until you experience it, it it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you, you can't, you can barely breathe. Uh, hmm. and, and, you know, it's, it's a shame that, you know, he made double bogey. I was kind of pulling for him, you know, uh, I like kind of like, like to see the underdogs win sometimes, but, but, you know, uh, it's just a hard hole I mean you know they played it way back there and in the middle of the fairway it's a, it's a big slope and you know if you hit it left of it you're fine but if it hits right if it, it got a chance to go in the water and it, I guess it just went a little right I was actually driving so I didn't get to see it
4: yeah I think that's like I said 17 that drive onto the green was yeah. so intimidating that's, and and that's to me is where he won it in, in the playoff yeah uh, especially the, the, from, the, from a mind standpoint Brack, always a pleasure. Thank you. Enjoy your vacation, and uh, man, I look forward to seeing you.
5: Yeah, thanks, Brack. All right. Thanks, guys. Indeed. Thank you.
4: All right, man. Thank you. Mike Bracken joining us. As you saw, he caddied for the senior tour now and uh, also has done a lot of play on a lot of these courses and caddied on a lot of these courses. Always brings a lot to the table when it comes to analyzing. Uh, not only this golf game, but uh, Justin Thomas. Roll Tide and uh, what he was able to accomplish this weekend at Oak Hill. All right, we'll continue on the other side, and at the bottom of the hour, we got Andrew Bone. We're going to start recruiting, get his thoughts also on the back and forth between Nick Saban and, and uh, Jimbo Fisher. How does that does it affect recruiting at all, those type of moments? Coming up also uh, late in the show uh, at 1 o'clock, actually, Mick Gillespie joins us for Bam Insider, and then we got Bo Scarborough. What a game he had on Saturday. Look forward to talking to him at 145, so stay tuned. A lot coming up here on this Monday edition.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather.
0: Mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high today 80, tonight's low 64. Tomorrow and Wednesday, mostly cloudy both days with occasional showers and thunderstorms. Highs between 79 and 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: All right, real quick segment here. we got Andrew Bowen coming up here at uh, 1230, bottom of the hour. And I really can't wait to hear his take on the uh, Jimbo Fisher, and Nick Saban back and forth. And kind of just how does that affect recruiting? I mean, do the parents listen to that? Do the players listen to that? You know, what's the uh, kind of the, uh, the story behind that when it comes to recruiting? So always great to have him on and uh, talk about that. We saw Nick Saban apologize. Um, what, on Friday? I think it was Thursday, it did, Friday. That wasn't good enough for Jimbo. It doesn't seem that way. Lars, give us a little more information on that.
5: Well, okay. So uh, I really want to uh, play the Jimbo Fisher clip from this weekend. And uh, hopefully, we'll do that at some point in the show where he is asked about NIL uh, directly. And he said, Oh, only one of our 11 early recruits has an NIL deal. All right. Well, I think he's really dancing around the issue. The issue is not necessarily just NIL. It's the collective. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the collective. And even in reference sliced bread, Matt, I can't believe it. This sliced bread cat. Uh, Yeah, who knows? But, But here's the thing with Alabama. And and this got overlooked in the seven minute clip that John Talty, what a great reporter, John Talty was the one that uh, that went to the event that Nick Saban spoke at, mm-hmm. uh, what was on Wednesday or Thursday, and recorded it. And that is that that Nick Saban said uh, essentially that he uh, that the way the collective at Alabama is going to work is every player is going to get the same amount of money. And then he will encourage other players, or or every player, to get their own representation and try to Mm -hmm. broker their own deals. This is the fear that Nick Saban has. Whatever collective raises the most money is going to be able to offer the most money. Mm -hmm. And what does every NFL player say? Oh, it's not about the money. Well, you know what? It's always about the money. Mm -hmm. And so whoever has the most money to offer each player is going to get the best Athletes, the best recruits. This is all going to become a money game, and it can't be undone mm-hmm. because if there are lost and there's just there's lawyers all around the country just waiting for the NCAA to try to put guardrails on this thing. Definitely. And then what's yep. going to happen, Jay? Uh, there, they the lawyers will argue that you are limiting the player's ability to make money. Yep. And the players are going to win. Oh, yeah.
4: Well, and, and this and, is going to happen with the portal too. The portal. And Saban described this in that talk. He said, look, you had to go through a waiver. You had to do this and do that in order to get it. And then we had all these lawsuits happening. And and the players were winning. And and I still think it goes back to TV money. It's about to increase. They don't want these players to touch any of that It's about to triple as far as money for the SEC and other conferences. So give them NIL. Name, image, and likeness. Let them go out there and do those things. But then here it comes the collectives. People are smart. They get around things. They understand how the legislatures work. They understand that they have state laws that are, more, uh, that, that, that are more aggressive than the federal law, because there is no federal law mm. around it. So th- there was nothing put in place. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. We'll, let's maybe play Jimbo coming out on the other side before one, we get to Andrew Bone. Go ahead, Matt.
6: One real quick thing. I'd like to see these people, the NCAA in this case, or, or if it's a Congress or whatever, stop the collectives. there had mm-hmm. been mention of that. You can't. Mm-hmm. People have invested millions, if not billions, of dollars in these collectives. You can't put the brakes on.
4: Well, and, and I think if you have some parameters around it to where every team can have a collective, but you, you have a maximum amount that you can give to each player, then there's not a really a competitive advantage, right? I mean, it's not – at least you can have the Power Fives do that. I mean, Alabama's going to have a collective, and they're going to uh, pay all their players. Hopefully, they'll pay the, even the non-scholarship guys, which would be yeah. the most beneficial for those guys, uh-huh. uh, and also hopefully pay the other sports right. rather than just football. So there's got to be – how but do we you, get there, though? I mean,
6: exactly. We from the very whatever beginning. Whatever yeah. can
5: raise the most money is yeah. going to be the best.
4: Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. He and, with the
6: most toys wins. Yes. <laughs>
4: all right. We'll continue on the other side. We've got Joe Gaither uh, producing down in T-Town. And uh, also Josh Smith, our producer, as always, doing all of our Band Insider Live stuff with us there for Crawford Broadcasting. We'll return and uh, more on this with Andrew Bone, our recruiting analyst and expert. Stay
2: with us.
4: 6-9 And shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to dot and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on the J. Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or
10: online at Siebel's Letter O.
13: Did the name, likeness, and image rule figure in any way at all in your decision to um, expand your contract? Did you give yourself a second thought no. about do I really want to deal with this no. for that much longer, or no. is it something you're having to adapt to regardless?
14: And rules are always a change. It had nothing to do with it. And name, image, and likeness. I keep saying this about recruiting. And I just researched this. Of the 11 guys we have in, in place in, that came early, one guy has an NIL deal. Really? Yes. Just one? Just one. So all these stories you're hearing are complete lies. Well, now, because what, was, what happened
13: over the last 48 hours?
14: Nothing. <laughs> and it never happened before. Because it was written on social media and it started with the bro Bible slice bread deal. Right. So everybody believed it. Nick, all the people obviously believed it. I went and checked with our compliance people, because we have nothing to do with it. One guy.
13: Of the 11? Yes.
14: Of the early enrollees.
3: Of
13: the, of the early, early, enrollees. early enrollees. Gotcha. So that said, what is all this dust-up about then? Great point. I, I, I've just got to ask you, were you shocked that this came up?
14: Because you just told me oh, you I only said, had one. I said that about I said that about a while ago. It's, like, it's why I made the original one back in February, when they said we had $35 million in a thing. That's 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 all false. It's all it's all it was written on social media, so everybody believes it, and you got news channels believing it. Hey, big people believe it, and you believed it. Well, and Nick Saban believed it, obviously. Well, he's not news. you're news, your media. You guys not research? But I, I, I'm asking you, did you re- did you do your research? Uh, you
10: just no, no. <laughs> See, you can't answer.
14: So you just assumed, and that's the way this world goes now. As soon as it's written on social media, and someone says it, you believe it. So where does that put you as guys as reporters? Where does that
13: put coaches like Nick Saban, who know better, is that, if, if that's the case? I, 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 I,
14: I, 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 where does that put reporters at? So you're defending Nick Saban? No, I'm just crazy. I'm asking you guys <laughs> okay. to put it out in the media. <laughs> I'm at, I, I, just hold on. I ain't getting into this. Oh, no, no, no. It, I understand. But I just want to... Is this it, changed? It, it, it's because social media and media put it out. I got it.
13: Mm-hmm. Does, does, you does, believed it. You just asked me. Sure. Does that change anything?
14: What's it changed? N- nothing just changed in the beginning. Truth. What's the truth? Nobody wants the truth. You want a story and a click and a hit. Think. What's the next question? See, I threw you off your game right now. Well, You're, no. all, you're off your game. You're out of question. Not, definitely not out of question. Yeah. yeah. So, so
13: how, does that change the...
12: doesn't I change the,
13: anything. Because I know the truth. and I've always known the truth. That's why... Then why, why would he I mean, make that accusation?
14: have to ask him.
4: Jimbo, who was on the grassy knoll there? And uh,
12: I, 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 <laughs> he, the he started sweating.
6: Jimbo, yeah. Holy B. he was angry. <laughs> he, I don't, I should call him by his name, the uh San Antonio TV reporter. He threw him off his game,
4: he did, yeah. Slice bread started it off. All right, so let's get to Andrew Bone, talk to him about not only this, uh, maybe some re- reaction. Andrew, if you don't mind, just get your first reaction from. What happened last week, uh, Coach Saban's apology, Jimbo's reaction this weekend, and then we'll talk about how does this, or can it, or will it affect recruiting for either one of these teams or either one of these coaches. But uh, welcome in. Well,
8: thanks, guys. Hope you, you guys are having a good uh, good Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, last week, I think everyone was just kind of in shock um, on, on both sides of it. You know, for, first off, you you Never hear Coach Saban, you know, single out a particular school, particular program, coaches, anything like that. I mean, I, I'm sure he probably has before in the past, but as long as I can remember, I just can't can't remember. Obviously, he's going to voice his displeasure over certain things, but as far as uh, you know, calling particular schools out, you just you never hear that from uh, from Coach Saban, and. Um, you know, and then on the flip side, when you, you see the reaction from Jimbo, I mean, you know, he came across looking like an absolute, uh, you know, I guess clown is the word. Uh, you know, the way that he reacted, I think he could have re- obviously reacted a lot better. Um, you know, my opinion probably has changed a little bit about him, uh, just the way he, that he attacked uh, Coach Saban and I get it. I mean, you're trying to defend your program, your players, but you know there has been uh, so much discussion over the last, you know, really the last year, really ever ever since last summer when, when official visits started happening again, when um, when things kind of got back to normal because you had those that year and a half where visits weren't taking place, nobody was taking visits because of COVID, the NCAA shut down everything but then once visits started happening and we started seeing you know a lot of different kids start going to A&M uh kids that weren't normally going there um you know I'm not saying they weren't signing top recruiting classes but a lot of their top guys were from in-state they were having a lot of success on in-state kids and I think a lot of, obviously a lot of that had to do with um you know Texas not being uh you know as good as um, as they once were, and you know Texas A&M being in the SEC, starting to capitalize, you know, starting to get some really good in-state players, but then you start seeing, you know, the big five stars from all over the country um, start going to Texas A&M all of a sudden uh, for visits. So, you know, what was going on there? And I think that's kind of the biggest, you know, was the biggest question. A lot of people just assumed that, that it was NIL, and um, you know, I don't think that. You know, anything has really changed in that regard. I think everybody in the country still feels that way. That you know, NIL is playing a, a major role, uh, especially at Texas A&M. So, I, I'm I'm kind of shocked at, at Jimbo's reaction. You know, the way that he you know is trying to act like that didn't play a major role in uh, in, in these kids' decisions. When you know, we all kind of know what what really happened there. So, not really a major surprise, but just. Shocked that uh, you know, that is still going on. That he's still trying to uh, to come out and say that you know all these people are wrong and and they're right and they do it the right way.
5: Okay, so here's the thing to me, Andrew. The athlete himself, especially when they're in high school, they're not compelled to disclose what they've received or haven't received to the A and M compliance office. Right. And so how is anybody supposed to verify what is true and what isn't? And this is why the message board rumors gain currency, because there is no sort of checks and balances as there normally would be. And you notice that Jimbo is talking about sort of individual NIL deals. He's not talking. And the the reporter, I wish, would have pressed him on this about the collective and what is going to uh, – how each uh, player is going to benefit from that. And also, uh, and I mentioned this right before you came on, You know, Nick Saban said that what Alabama is doing and how they're going to structure it is that every player is going to get the same amount of money. And I don't know if other schools are going to do that or not, but but just, again, you're re- – and please correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but is this your understanding – and I mean, do you have a sense? Like, is A and M just uh, is their collective just have? Uh, you know, it's on the message boards again. Sliced bread uh, claim that Aggies had a thirty million dollar fund for NIL deals.
10: Yeah, I don't
8: know if I, I can, uh, you know, confirm how much how much uh, is in their collective. Um, you know, obviously that's going to you know vary it, it very various programs, but yeah, I think, you know, the point Nick Saban was trying to make is, you know, there's a lot of other schools out there, a lot of schools that, you know, have not had as much success as Alabama or, or you know, even, you know, schools like Ohio State or Georgia, you know, whoever it may be, that are all of a sudden being able to get, you know, top-end guys, and, you know, you have so many different recruits who are going to visit your campus uh, that you're going to... Talk to over the phone, you know, via FaceTime or text message, or um, you know, when you get a kid on campus and get a chance to sit down with him and and try to figure out, you know, how are you going to land this kid? You know, what's going to be, you know, the best direction as far as recruiting this kid and trying to sell him on your program? And when you're when you're sitting there talking to him and talking to his family and you know, having, you know, back in the uh, back in the old days, you used to have. Kids that would come in, or parents that would come in, or handlers that would come in, and and say, "Hey, you know, what can you do for me?" And you know, a lot of times, nothing. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, what? It's best that you go on, you know, somewhere else because we're, you know, we can't help you in that regard. This is how we can help you. But now, with the NIL, with you know, all these different deals that are going on, you know, kids are now saying it and you're having to give an answer. You're having to say, well, you know, let's try to figure this out. You know, this school's offering me this much money, and guess what? It's legal. I mean, it's not a situation where, um, you know, this is something that's shady, that, you know, people are trying to get you know paid, and, uh, and you know, schools don't want to do that. Schools can do that. Schools can try to figure out, with the, especially with these collectives, you know, how are you going to make this kid you know, happy, or how are you going to get them, as a part of your university and you might not can necessarily do anything, but what is, you know, the collective doing, what are, you know, what are these people doing as far as you know trying to help out and make these, uh, make these bills work. And I think Nick Saban sees that he doesn't like it. Not, you know, not one bit. And yeah, I think, you know, he was trying to fire up the crowd last week, trying to get some people to understand exactly what's going on and either, can Alabama start doing that more, or are there going to be rules in place that's going to prevent some of these other programs that don't necessarily have a lot of success uh, as far as winning championships and stuff like that? Are they going to continue to, uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, bad to say outbid, but it's, that's basically what it is, outbid, you know, all these other universities for these top kids because, Let's say you're sitting at, you know, in Coach Saban's office or you're sitting in Zimba Fisher's office and you're trying to make a decision as to which school you're going to. And it could be a number of different schools. We can throw out you know, 50 other coaches in there. You know, When you might have a deal in place that's, let's say, you know, some NIL deal, oh, I'm going to get $100,000 over uh, two or three years, whereas you may have a new deal that come in, uh, comes in and says, Well, we'll give you $500,000 over the next three years. Well, which one are you going to do? So, you know, that's what it's all about right now. And, um, you know, as as much as I'm a fan of guys getting paid, um, you know, off their name, image, likeness, you know, it was, and we've talked about this before, it was designed to help, you know, college athletes. It was designed, uh, you know, for them to get extra money or as much money as they possibly can um, because of the success that they're having, not necessarily to recruit a kid to come there. Um, and you know, Coach Saban said this last year. Coach Saban talked about Bryce Young and how he got a million dollars before you know, ever you know, starting a game at Alabama. But at the same time, he was also a student at Alabama. He was you know going through the work. He wasn't you know, in high school. He wasn't you know, finishing up his junior season in high school you know, getting uh, five, $600,000 deals are, you know, in some instances, million-dollar deals.
6: Bama Insider's Andrew Bone is on the Jay Barker Show. I can't believe this question hasn't been asked many, many times. But bottom line is, how does all of this affect the recruitment of Archman? <laughs>
8: <laughs> you know, I don't think Arch Manning's going to – he's not really going to be too concerned with money. You know, there's going to be some people no, who are – I'm really not concerned. kidding. That,
6: that, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding about that, Andrew. I just wanted you to give us an update.
4: Who's sliced bread? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Lawrence. He just did not want to come <laughs> out. I think it's Lane
8: Kiffin. Uh, well, you know, the biggest <laughs> – Oh, God, that would be hilarious, wouldn't it? Um, you know, the biggest thing with Arch Manning now is, you know, starting to take official visits. We weren't sure if he was going to – wait until the fall to take officials or if he was going to do it, uh, in the month of June. Well, now we're starting to see that he's lucky, locking in official visit date, uh, for next month. He's going to visit Georgia, uh, on the, uh, on the third, the so next weekend, he's taking to take an official visit to Georgia that following weekend, June the 10th through the 12th. He's going to take an official to Alabama. Then he has June the 17th through the 19th at Texas. Those are the only three visits that he has scheduled right now. So it's, It almost makes me think that this process may not play out much longer with him. He may try to make a decision before the start uh, of his senior season. Um, So I think that's what we're going to be watching closely. How are these visits going to go in June? Is it going to narrow it down to those top three schools and then make a decision from there? Or will he maybe throw in a couple more schools and take a few more additional visits before making that decision?
4: I think it's smart for the quarterbacks to do that earlier now because you can recruit other guys with you. You can get the O-linemen, the receivers, the running backs. Um, The longer you wait um, and those guys make decisions or commitments. So I I, I think maybe before the fall camp starts, we may know something. We'll see. Hey, Andrew, as always, great stuff, my man. And uh, we'll get you back on. we will talk more Alabama recruiting and kind of where they're at right now. But uh, always the best. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. See you. All right. Andrew Bone Bama, and you can get his Twitter handle Andrew the letter J Bone Andrew letter J Bone that's at Andrew letter J Bone and uh, find out all of his information All right, we returned. we'll wrap up hour number one got a big hour number two coming up Mick Gillespie is going to be joining us I think Tim Brando will be with us at 115 and then coming up at 145 we have got uh, Bo Scarborough will be with us as well so stay tuned we'll be back
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9,
0: Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high today 80, tonight's low 64. Tomorrow and Wednesday, mostly cloudy both days with occasional showers and thunderstorms. Highs between 79 and 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: All right, a lot of guests today, so some short segments as we move to the top of the hour. We appreciate you joining us, whether it's throughout our network or throughout uh, BAM Insider on YouTube or Facebook Live. And uh, also, uh, we had a good time last week, uh, Tri-Screen, put out a great video about uh, I Am Crowned, uh, the uh, um, products that he had in studio. I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram, but I put, I put it out this morning as well. And um, we really appreciate him coming in spending time. We love having people in the studio with us. But uh, thanks to Mike Bracken earlier talking about JT. Justin Thomas and uh, also uh, just now Andrew Bone talking recruiting and the impact this will have on recruiting for Texas A&M or Alabama. I don't. I actually think it's that anytime you're in the news and you're out there, it's good. Whether it's bad, whether it's good, I mean, it, it can be unless it's really bad. But um, but this still is keeping their names in the front and center of all the uh, athletes that are out there watching stuff.
5: We could spend a whole show on this one topic alone. Do you think, Jay? Just everything that's going on in college football, especially the NIL and just how messy it's become. Will this hasten Nick Saban's departure from coaching? No. You really don't think <laughs> I, so? I mean, I, I just, think he it, loves it just it. seems like one headache after the next. What about Dabo? I I think it's possible. I think it is too. Do you really? And I actually, Do you think, think that Dabo the, would
4: retire before Saban uh, would? Uh, no, uh, i oh. I
6: think it might affect his thinking long term. I got you. Okay, and, well, and I, I, not to headbutt with you, yeah, I, I think Saban's probably going. You know, I am seventy. Yeah. Um, and what, but what then he, again, what you know, I'm only about ten percent in on that. Okay. Right. Because ninety percent of saving is, I'm, I'm getting up four o'clock. Yep, I'm gonna an out. And I am gonna outwork everybody. Yep, out hustle. And y- this, thank you and, and it, you know what? This is you're probably right. More I think about it, it's probably gonna fire him up more. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, okay, you you want to throw this one at me? I'll I'll whip your butt on this too.
5: <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
4: that's the mindset.
5: It just seems like a a big headache, and the way this is being interpreted nationally is that Nick Saban's flustered because you don't see him make many missteps. You don't see him be. Inarticulate, you don't see him make any mistakes publicly, you don't see him having to uh, apologize publicly. No, and uh, and 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 you just the criticism he has received from coast to coast over the last few days is just or the last week is unlike anything I can remember in his 15 years. Did you see Spurrier's response over the weekend? Uh, what then, did he say
6: wrong? What did he say? Wrong.
5: <laughs> love. And, and love, It was
4: defendants Say
6: love
5: it. the old ball coach. I, I mean, I like. That. Factually, he did not say nothing anything wrong.
4: Nothing. I, I mean, I brought. Man, Jimbo went way out, way out. Little, he's still years. out there, Jay? I know. Who's gonna? I obviously A and M's not gonna really,
6: man.
5: Well, the SID. I don't know if it was in part of the clip that we heard, but the SID tried to sort of interject. Yeah, and Jimbo was like. Stay Let away. me handle this. That's yeah. right.
4: <laughs> stay out of this. Uh, Would the SID 20, in Alabama 20, yeah.
5: ever
14: try to interrupt uh, Nick Saban? No,
4: not at all. <laughs> all right, we got Dumb Big coming up next. Only Bama Terry Insider. can interrupt. <laughs> yeah. Bo Scarborough as well next hour. And Tim Brando, stay with us. Hour number two coming up next.
10: That's G O F A N letter C letter O.
4: Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over twenty years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff, its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas, and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner. You'll find all that at La Paz Crestline
1: I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should. I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's gonna be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tide.
2: Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, and one. member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show.
4: All right, Welcome into hour number two as we uh, continue here live from ABX Audio Video Excellence. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, and I want to remind you, we're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf. I was out this weekend with some friends, and uh, actually, there, what was that? I guess that was actually Thursday, Friday night. I was there with Sarah Sarah Mm -hmm. Ashley. She ripped one right down the middle. was just
6: piping it. Yeah,
4: just unbelievable. I'm just like, why not? Let's let's change sports now. (laughs) Fat net. But she loves basketball. All right. Uh, also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell, all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Great show today and uh, a lot to get into. Uh, Mike Bracken joined us earlier. Brack talking about JT's win. Justin Thomas, congratulations to him and Roll Tide. And uh, Man, what a great victory. Two-time PGA champion. And uh, more importantly, just all that he had to say afterwards was so special. And uh, But for him and a lot of Crimson Tide fans, Excited about JT's win uh, yesterday at uh, Oak Hill. Also, uh, we had on Andrew Bone talking recruiting, the impact of the Saban and uh, Jimbo Fisher comments from this past weekend. And uh, also coming up uh, here, we got Mick Gillespie going to join us from Bama Insider. At the bottom of the hour, um, we've got, or at, uh, I guess the middle of the hour, uh, coming up um, at 12.15. I mean, one fifteen. excuse me. Tim Brando will join us at one forty-five. we got Bo Scarborough. So let's get right to Mick Gillespie joining us from Bama Insider. Mick, how are you, my man? How is Fairhope, Alabama?
9: Well, I'm on the team. I'm on the road with the baseball team right now, so I'm not at home. But I <laughs> always I, ask you I, that. <laughs> I heard it. Yeah, yeah. But look, I heard it's raining in Fairhope, and it's raining here in Tennessee. So it's raining everywhere. But I got to tell you, Justin Thomas. Not only did he win the PGA, but he's the People's Champ for calling out the PGA <laughs> for those outrageous beer prices and for yeah, all of great. us beer connoisseurs. <laughs> 100%. I mean, thank God for, for JT, man. What a great week for him. He's won with everyone, on the course and with the people. So I think he's – honestly, I think that his celebrity has just skyrocketed because he, he basically was like, this is ridiculous with the you know $18 beers or whatever. Uh, but what a great win for him. And I, I love yelling Roll Tide when I'm watching golf. Mm-hmm.
5: Mick, we have so many topics to cover, uh, but it, and I I want to go to Alabama softball really quick. Uh, Montana Fouts, she just she she played her heart out this weekend. Uh, I think threw over four hundred pitches, four hundred and six pitches, 23.1 innings, and and wow. Alabama comes up short, doesn't reach the uh, super regional for the first time in uh, I don't know several years. I, I should have looked up that stat, but uh, just your your assessment. Of uh, and I, I assume you got a chance to see a little bit of uh, of Alabama and Stanford. Your assessment of that, and does it ultimately matter? Because Oklahoma is so dang good. I mean, Oklahoma, yeah. uh, what, they beat Texas A&M 20 to nothing, and it's like a third <laughs> of their games have, have had to be called because, uh, because of score differential.
9: Yeah, well, look, it's a disappointing year for Alabama because Montana Fouts is the greatest player they've ever had. And they, they, I really think they, they should have won it last year, and they didn't. They got beat by Florida State. I watched uh, all three of the games against Stanford and um, Alabama. Just they just looked tired. They they looked like a team that was worn out. Um, you know who knows what's going on? Maybe there's some injury issues that we don't know about. But they just looked exhausted, and they didn't look fresh. And Stanford came in there and and basically just just put them out and. You know, it, it was disappointing because we expected so much more from this team. But uh, I, here's the thing about Oklahoma. Oklahoma's really good, and they're rolling right now. But sometimes when you have a team that has so many easy games, when you get into a dogfight, which they're going to get into, you get into the, uh, uh, the national championship round, and you know you're in the World Series, you're going to see the best pitching you've seen all year. How do you react to that? You know, and 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 what do you do when you're in a game and you can't score? You know, how, how good your pitching going to be then? And so sometimes it works against you. You know, it's like you you almost want to be tested enough where you feel like you know you're comfortable in those games. But uh, but with that said, you know, Oklahoma, I did watch some of them too, and I mean, it was just like watching a uh, you know they were playing a little league team. Uh, but it's disappointing. You know, I'm sure that uh, that, that Alabama softball team um, you know feels like they. You know, that that they came into the stretch run and they just weren't their best. And we're not used to seeing this from Alabama. I think they've been in the super regionals like every year, you know, so disappointing. But um that's the way sports goes sometimes. And Montana Fouts is awesome.
6: She just looked so fatigued. Uh but still throwing seventy three miles an hour in the last inning. Uh good yeah. grief. What a gutty, what a gutty ball player. Uh speaking of ball yeah. players, just Kind of out of the blue, quick question. Uh, who's the best double player you've seen all year? Somebody that we can put a Ooh. star beside. that They're going to be in the bigs here.
9: <laughs> we had a guy named Christopher Morrell who was with us last week, went to the Cubs last week, and hit a home run in his first bat. I wouldn't say he's the best player oh, wow. that I've seen, but isn't that cool? You know, and you're like, the guy's yeah, on, you know, on the big leagues, and he hit the home run in his first at bat, and, uh Now it was against the Pirates, but you know, so what? I think it's still so awesome. um Honestly, the best guy I've seen was uh, there's a guy named Nelson Velasquez who was with us. He was with the Cubs and went to Triple A. I mean, we you know we saw him for about thirty games. He's going to be a really good big leaguer. I don't know if he's going to be a star. um The Red shortstop uh, Matt McLean, what's his name is? He's uh, he's. He's got power. He's really you're going to like this, Lars. He's he's a slick fielder. I think he's going to be in the big leagues for a long time, um, just just because he does so much defensively. And and, and then again, he's got some pop. But um, you know, I'd put him right up there at the, at the top of the list. And then um, wow, there's a guy, you know what? There's a guy he's not a prospect, but his name's Trey Cabbage. He plays for Rocket City. You know, he's he's the kind of guy they signed from the Twins. But I watch this guy and I'm thinking, you know, this, this guy could go to the big leagues and he'd hit like 40 home runs, you know. So, you know, maybe maybe the Angels will end up giving him a shot and, uh, you know, and he'll get there.
4: Mick Gillespie joining us from Bama Insider. C- kind of give us just your take on Bama baseball right now. Where do you see everything kind of going for them? And, um, you know, just I a mean, great weekend. What uh, I mean, they destroyed the Hogs on Saturday. Hey, yeah. Two out of
6: th- one, two out of three. They
4: went two out of three. Roasted them on Saturday, though. But I know. I know. Give us your take on them and kind of where. Yeah, where, where do you see them going in the SEC tournament and uh, or how to, how they play and, um, and and can they move further on?
9: Yeah, their last game, they looked like they got the piano off their back. You know, they had to grit it out. <laughs> um, the second, I want to say it was uh, Saturday, but maybe it was Friday. The second game, I watched the second game and then the, uh, some of the third game, um, and, and they looked like. You know, in that second game, they needed to the win to get into the tournament for sure. And then they had that big seventh inning. And then from that point on, they were a different team. You know, like, hey, look, we, we got there. And if there, there's not a coach in the league that I like watching lose more than Van Horn at Arkansas. So I, I just love this, the fact that you're right. They, they, they barbecued those guys on, you know, in the last game. And, uh, and hopefully they'll get into the tournament and make a run. You know, Alabama's a tough team, and, and I was talking to some Tennessee guys that covered the balls and, you know, and I was reminding them that Alabama beat them, their World Series team, last year in the tournament and kind of messed up their chances to win the, the the SEC tournament. And, of course, they beat them again this year. It's being consistent, right? You get into these tournaments, and you just got to be consistent with your pitching and uh, and maybe catch a little bit of luck. Bama's got a lot of work to do to make the NCAA tournament, but they're but they – being in the, being in the SEC tournament definitely gives them a shot. I don't know how far they they need to go, but you know they're one of the handful of teams that beat Tennessee mm-hmm. this year. The way that they just whooped up on on uh, Arkansas, they beat Ole Miss, you know, and so and they're in the SEC. So that, I I just but if you ask me, like, what do I expect? I don't know. I mean, they're 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 so up and down. You know, it's like they, they got on that run. They had, what, like an eight-game winning streak, nine games, and beat Tennessee, and then they go into a rut. And then the last weekend, they need to win. They found a way to do it. So hopefully they have some momentum. Uh, but I like their bat. You know, they got guys that can hit throughout that entire lineup. And so and, – and I think that really – I really like their coach, too. And When you got, when you got a, good, a good head coach that understands pitching, like Bo does, um, they're, they're a dangerous team for some of the top contenders like Arkansas found out.
4: Mick, always great to have you on, my man. Enjoy your time. Have a great call tonight as well. And uh, we're going to make it down to Fairhope in the next few weeks. We got to, or next month as a group. And uh, go down. We'll stay at the Grand Hotel, do our show live from your studio. We'll pack in.
6: Let's go. We maybe Let's can do go.
9: a studio Let's from live from Grandview. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, that's it. be fun. I got to right, get, get you guys
6: on the kegerator. Roll tide, guys. The kegerator?
5: Okay. <laughs> I want to get on the
4: boat. Yeah. the boat. What's the kegerator? Yeah. <laughs> he hung up on
5: that. Yeah, apparently, uh, yeah, apparently not getting on the boat. <laughs>
4: now nah, he will. He'll take it out. Be <laughs> awesome. All right, stay with us. And uh, we got Tim Brando coming up next. Always great to have him on. And then Bo Scarborough is going to join us. What a great game he had on Saturday for the Birmingham Stallions that stay undefeated. And uh, congratulations to Coach Holtz and all that they've done there with the Stallions. Stay with us. Hour number two continues.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon
0: and tonight with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high today 80, tonight's low 64. Tomorrow and Wednesday, mostly cloudy both days with occasional showers and thunderstorms. Highs between 79 and 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
6: I can't get out of here without asking an Alabama-related question. Uh, Nick Saban has a 24-hour rule. Mm-hmm. How long is the Justin Thomas celebrate the PGA Championship rule?
3: Yeah, I got a 24-hour rule. Um, yeah, maybe I'm not sure what Jimbo Fisher's rule is, but <laughs> I guess he's got to win something first before he figures out his rule. So um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm playing playing next week, so we'll enjoy it. But at the same time, you know. We're in a heart. We're in the middle of a very, very big stretch of this season. So, um, it's great to to be able to spend this time, you know, with my team. But, but it's back to work.
4: All right, it's a great comments there from Justin Thomas. Overcomes an eight-shot deficit to win the PGA Championship in a playoff. And also, every time he has won the PGA Championship, guess what? Alabama has won a national. Title. So uh, we'll see what happens coming up for this twenty twenty two season. It Jimbo. Yeah, I oh love man, that. He, he just Gah. went after it at that point in time. Let's <laughs> welcome him in. We love having him on. Tim Brando, always such a great guest, and uh, I know he's been in Orange Beach, celebrating with his family and having fun down there on vacation. First of all, let's start there. How was your vacation? Wonderful.
15: We didn't uh, we didn't have much rain until the very end of our trip. I think it's raining down there now. So hopefully the the climate gods were good to us, and uh, you know it's it's getting more difficult with each passing year with two daughters and two sets of families that they, they all of us get together at the same time. But we managed to do it, and I think we will as long as uh, as long as my wife, aka the enforcer, uh, tells them that that's <laughs> the way it is. You know, so and then we split it up. I come back down uh, again sometime in the summer. We just we just love it down there. Thanks for asking.
4: Mm-mm. Most definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you with all the kids and everything, like I always sent it out about two months ago. I sent it out and said, look, I need dates. Give me dates yeah. in the summer. Or give me, give me, give me weekend dates. Give me summer dates or week, week dates. We got beach, we got lake. So we got to figure out where we can go and how we can get there. And it yeah. is so hard to get them all lined up.
15: Yeah, it is. And and even with that new one that's being built down there, you know the Karee, it's it's. it's mm-hmm. I think they can't get that place up fast enough. You know, <laughs> I know. it's it's incredible. Um, you know, Jay, I almost bought a place down there about fifteen years ago. Wish I had. It was right before Ivan. If I had, I think that was one of the uh, the the Terminix or one of, one of one of those mosquito magnates came in, bought up all the places, and then the hurricane. Blew everything down, and they had not finished the deal. So the people that had a place down there that had that had bought still had their insurance. Plus, they got his money. It was like a <laughs> it was like hitting a lottery. And I was so mad yeah. at myself for not buying when I did when I really wanted to. We we were that close to getting it. Maybe one day.
4: The Caribbean ni- is nice. Yeah.
5: Tim, thanks so much. Oh, yeah. for, Tim, thanks so much for joining us. Before we get into Nick versus Jimbo, uh, your takeaway from Justin Thomas coming back from so far to win the PGA Championship on Sunday,
15: Lars, I think all of us that are golf fans and 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 those of us that are really hardcore golf fans, and usually hardcore means we we like to play. We we probably don't play very well, but we like to play and we play a lot. Uh, you know, we watch every shot of, of a major championship, regardless of whether Tiger's in it or Phil's in it. We're going to watch it. And um, the one thing that you kind of knew going into the the final round was if either Rory McIlroy or Justin Thomas could could uh, post early, that that would really amp up the pressure on these great younger players because they've never been there. You know, not only have they not won majors, they had to won a PGA tournament. Uh, Fitzpatrick had done very well and had won some in Europe, but not not here. So, the, you just had a feeling that all one of the great players, you know, accomplished major championship winners, if they went out and posted a number, and I think everybody sort of thought it was six under, uh, not five, but six, uh, that it would really make for an incredible finishing, uh, last, do oh, say, three or four holes, and it, and it did exactly that. I mean, it did exactly that. Uh, it wasn't the greatest PGA ever, but it was certainly one of the most exciting. And and uh, it was Justin that made the big shots that true major champions can make under pressure. And uh, I think even he was surprised that that 5-under got him to a playoff. But, you know, you got to take advantage of the opportunities whenever they're, they're there and um, even though he missed the putt on the 72nd hole, he had just hit two shots of his career to get him in position for that putt. Uh, and had he made it, obviously he would have, um, he would have wanted in regulation. So I, I, I think the world of Justin Thomas, uh, I think that a lot of us that are fans of the game love seeing uh, these young guys from his generation. Of course, Jordan Spieth is in that group as well. We love seeing them emerge because they're fearless and, and, um, and, and they play an exciting brand of golf. You know, they're, they're, they're birdie hunting all the time. And, uh, that makes it a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, I, I'd, I'd love to get to know him better. Um, because I just think he's a really good guy every time, uh, you're around him or you hear of people that were around him. They have nothing but good things to say. And, um, uh, he, he's, he he represents Alabama in the best possible way.
6: Fox's Tim Brando is our guest here on the Jay Barker show. What is the view on the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban deal uh, from above? I mean, we're, we're looking through crimson glasses here in Alabama, Timmy, but uh, you probably have a different perspective and have talked to other members of the media. What are they saying? Is there a winner or a loser?
15: I don't, I think, um, It was uh, distasteful for those of us that really care deeply about the college game that two of the most prominent uh, coaches would get involved in that kind of uh, kerfuffle. Uh, But at the same time, uh, my views are not going to mirror. They're not. They're not going to mirror the thoughts of a lot of other people in the media. Uh, as it relates to this, because all of the media to some extent, okay, even even in sports, not just in news but even in sports, uh, have their favorites, okay? And um, in the case of Jimbo, uh, he could care less what I mean he couldn't care less what anyone thinks outside of college station. That's pretty clear. He was playing to his base and uh, telling off. Nick Saban and implying that Nick Saban has done some uh, nefarious things makes their fan base really pumped up It, it excites them. So he didn't care. All right, that, that, that's clear. Uh, in the case of Saban, whom I have spent more time with through my years in interviewing <clears throat> professionally and even sometimes privately, at different gatherings than Jimbo, although I've known Jimbo for as long as I've known Nick. Okay, I've, I've known them both a long time. Um, Nick does care more what others think than Jimbo does. Okay, that's just the difference between the two. Um, and in many conversations that I've had with with Coach Saban, um, we we've, we've discussed the big picture uh, going back as far as 2016 when I did a sit down one-on-one with our, with the uh, syndicated show I did for years, Football Saturdays, which um, which our friends at the SEC Network took that uh, title and ran with it to make their own anthology series. But Football Saturdays was a syndicated show I did for Raycom, and each year I would talk to whoever the um, national championship coach was the year before. So I, I talked to Nick several times, and I talked to Dabo several times. Nick cares what others think, believe it or not. Um Maybe not uh, some people, but from a national standpoint, I do think he does have um, as a part of him that does care uh, because he he is in a lot of respects. Uh, looking at it too, from a coaching standpoint, from thirty thousand feet, and what he said, and let's be clear, okay, he started this. All right, Jimbo, Jimbo went um, he he went rogue with it and, and, and out of, in an out-of-line way, in my opinion. Uh, but he had the right to respond, and he had, the re- he, had a, he had the right to respond with anger because of what Nick said. All right? And what Nick was saying, while it made a lot of sense if you're looking to be uh, the czar of college football, okay, and I've had this conversation with Nick, I think he would make a great czar for college football. And as you guys know, I've been championing the cause of having a czar for more than two decades, okay? Uh, but as much as that was okay for him to say as a czar for college football, it was inappropriate for him to say as the head football coach at Alabama, and I don't give a damn how many national titles he's won. It was inappropriate to say what he did in the manner in which he did about Texas A&M, uh, bought, bought all those guys. Bought all those players. That's inappropriate. should not have said it. Uh, and even though today, in today's world, with no regulation of NIL, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? He had to know when he said it that it landed in an incendiary manner. He had to know. Because the following day, he's, he's reaching out to guys that played for him, like Jacob Esther, to do an interview. To Chris Lowe, who was in his inner circle. Uh, you know, he was in that same circle that um, uh, that Cecil Hurt was in. God rest his soul. These these are the guys that he trusts, and he's turning to them to help explain and, to some extent, walk back. You know what he knew he said that landed improperly. So he knows that he he said some things that he didn't plan on saying that night to those um, potential donors. And uh, CEOs and leaders in Birmingham, and I know what the I know what the night was about. I, I, I know the people he was talking to, uh, and he did not plan, I'm sure, on going that specific. But he did, and once he did that, he was out of line. And I think the most inappropriate thing that he did was was call out um, Deion Sanders and Jackson State and bring an HBCU into the conversation. And uh, the real winner out of the whole kerfuffle in my opinion was Dion for being measured in his response and for saying to Nick what i thought was very obvious no you don't want to apologize privately after you've attacked me publicly i would prefer we do this in a public domain uh that was the right response and um i applaud Dion for it but um I think he started out with goodwill. I think he was trying to make his point and to solicit to some extent from those that he realizes can be of help to him because there are some inherent advantages that the Texas schools have with the current system not being regulated as it is. But when he went specific uh, and said what he did about A&M and Jimbo, he was out of line there, and he was out of line on Deion Sanders, and all he did to to use as ammunition was— say, well, it was in the paper, so it was in a paper. <laughs> I mean, really? That's, that's not exactly giving me the kind of documentation that I need to know that, that this kid got over a million dollars from Jackson State.
5: Tim, you know there's a long line of lawyers just <laughs> waiting uh, uh, for lawsuits to come to try to limit NIL in some uh, form or fashion. And uh, yeah. the lawyers will be saying that, hey, you, you, you can't uh, inhibit a player's ability to make money mm-hmm. off their name, image, and likeness. So it, it's a complete mess right now. I think we all can agree with yeah. that. Uh, how, yeah. how, If you look into your crystal ball, Tim, how does this thing ever get resolved or does it?
15: Well, it doesn't get resolved by, you know, uh $10 million coaches throwing bows and arrows at one another in the media. I mean, that that's not going to help. And and what's happening here and what's clearly, I mean, a lot of times, Lars, those of us that are in this profession that are close to it, we get caught in the woods and the trees too, you know, and see it uh, in an insular way. And I think coaches are particularly bad about this. Media is too from time to time. I mean, we are because we're close to it. And we see it, like, as Matt mentioned a moment ago, we're seeing it through crimson glasses. They're, they're seeing it through Aggie lenses and wherever else. But what, what's clear is whether you're Jimbo Fisher you're, or Nick Saban, you've had the power and control, the power and control of your programs throughout. And the players have had, you know, and you've gotten this power and these millions Uh, on the labors of those players for so many years that have been powerless. Well, now they've got some power, okay? Uh, Nick can talk all he wants about uh, whatever disadvantages he believes he may have at Alabama compared to, to Texas as it relates to NIL. But for years, he's been able to go and get three of everything, okay? I can get the three best backs, the three best receivers, the three best quarterbacks, and you know what? If I settle on one, those other two. Hey, you're on your own. Uh, you know, uh, he can red shirt, he can gray shirt, he can do whatever he wants. Well, some of that power and that control is gone. Okay, in this new wave of of college football, where the transfer portal meets name, image, and likeness, and it is not something that the coaches are particularly pleased about. Well, they've got to make adjustments and and adaptations, and and no one's been better at it than Dick in so many ways, for such a long period of time. And um, I, I think it's going to take guys like him, and, and to some extent Jimbo, to, to come down off their hubris throne and start looking at it for the greater good of the game. And and Nick is the right guy to do this. As I said, if, if he decides ultimately to get away from the game, I certainly don't see him playing golf with, with JT in all the programs and that that's all he does. Okay? He, he he wants to make a contribution to the game. He would make a hell of a zone. As I've said, we've talked about it. We talked about it for well over 10 years, he and I, whenever we've been together. So and and I think he would be great in that particular role. This was sad because he is the man. I mean, we're talking about arguably the greatest of all time who 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 made some statements that he had to walk back. Uh, that were inappropriate. That's got to stop. And the athletic directors, whether it's Greg Byrne or it's Ross Bjork, of the two institutions that these coaches are at, they need to tone it down a little bit too. And we'll find out over the next week or so before these guys get together, you know, what kind of uh, swagger uh, Greg Sankey has, because he's got to find a way to get these two on the same page somehow, some way. And, uh, that's not going to be easily crafted. Uh, and he'll be measured. Okay. By those that have been in the, in the college football arena for many, many years, he'll be measured by what Mike slide, his predecessor was able to do when the whole Tennessee Alabama thing was going on years ago. You might recall when Philip Fulman didn't show up at the sec meetings and the daggers were being thrown by those two schools. um, I think that people that are in governance and the coaches, the high-profile coaches, have to start thinking about solutions as opposed to their problems. Okay, solutions versus problems. The game itself is going to be fine. College football is going to be fine. Am I thinking? Can you imagine how much more amped up everyone's going to be October the eighth? Well, this stuff is oh in, in some ways good for the game. Okay, it is. Yeah. But it's not good it for the game when you're talking about trying to make sure that it's going to be okay long-term. And that's what the principals involved, whether they wear suits or whistles around their neck, need to start thinking about.
4: You're exactly right. You, and, and I'm telling you, the, the guardrails were not set up the way they should have been. Tim, we, we're getting to a hard break, so thank you so much for your time. Great stuff, as always. And have a, a great week, my man. Thank thanks, you. Timmy, thanks, thanks fellas. Tim.
15: always good to be with you.
4: I just
6: read something this morning that just totally creeped me out. And then I read it to our staff here. It creeped them out too. We're gonna see if it creeps you out in a minute.
4: I like that word. Creep. <laughs> Creepy. Bo Scarborough joins us at one forty five. Be a quick segment and write to him. What a great day on Saturday for him. For the Birmingham Stallions, undefeated. All right, stay with us.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown
11: Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the US. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU
4: white glove type service, you'll love it. Again, it's behambroker.com. Sell your car through behambroker.com or 205-716-1269. built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebelscottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood are online at
10: Siebel'scottage.com. Letter
4: O. All right, I can't wait to hear the story. All right. We're all familiar with Vicky
6: and uh what was it, Casey White, not not related, you know the on the lamb for two weeks, and they were staying right. in a hotel in Evansville, Indiana. It's called the Motel 41.
5: So the prisoner who uh, escaped yep. with the help of the right. prison guard here in Alabama. Right. Mm. So just by the name of that,
6: Motel 41, you kind of, you already got a mental picture, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they stayed in room 150 for 14 days. By the way, a homeless convicted sex offender rented the room for them. I just thought I thought that. Mm. Speaking of creepy. Yeah. Um black lights. But there are over 60. <laughs> <laughs> there there's a waiting list of over 60 people I that can't believe want this. to stay in that room because they stayed in it.
4: Come on, Lars. Come uh, on, man. I mean and by the way, it's in the newspaper, so it has to be the Maybe they just right? realized it's only $75 a night, so maybe that's some Actually, reason why it's, it's booked up. it's
6: $63. Oh, $63. So may, but it has, and it
4: went on the list. should be
6: 41 <laughs> Does it have a continental breakfast?
4: That's what really that's counts. That's what counts, yeah. I think it's on Highway 41. People are going. weird. Like, they love to go and, like, I want to, like, to go see the room or go see, like, the place where they were, that might, which I could care less about that. But to stay in the room. <laughs> And to book it out, and to make it to where it's like sold out for the next sixty days—crazy. I mean,
5: it's not like they were a modern-day Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-mm. No, they were... Connie and Slive. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? Do you know
6: what? Somebody told me. You know what the most visited uh, landmark
5: in Milwaukee is? Uh, the brewery. From Jeffrey Dahmer's oh. house. Guess Jeffrey Dahmer's really? house. Wow.
4: People
6: just want to drive
4: by. Okay. Yeah, a lot of sickos. Like that would be the place I would avoid. Okay, so we got. I the, would the, avoid. There's the botel. and it. <laughs> there it is. And it's just tell.
6: <laughs> <Okay>. Well, <laughs> is that what y'all the, pictured oh, when the, I started the oh, reading yeah, the story? Yeah, that was out. It's just now. Oh, tell, oh. tell,
5: oh. tell. do tell, and tell.
6: Hey, enough of that. We got Bo coming. up well, it looks hey, really good. You know, you know, my dad,
5: real quick, he went to uh, college with the guy who started Mattel Six. Oh, wow. Do you know why it was called Motel Six? $6 a night. Boom. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Well, $6 a Believe nine. it or not. And they still exist. Okay. They yeah. still and exist I, all around the country. I'm old enough for a miracle. Only <laughs> $6. <laughs> Bo Scarborough
4: coming up next from USFL. Birmingham Undefeated Stallions. Stay with us.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9,
0: Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high today 80, tonight's low 64. Tomorrow and Wednesday, mostly cloudy both days with occasional showers and thunderstorms. Highs between 79 and 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: Right, we are efforting uh, Bo Scarborough, which I know they got practice. They got a lot of things going on, but he's supposed to be with us at 145, but uh, totally get it. Uh, a lot of things happening with him and uh, a lot of interviews. Great re, uh, great game this past weekend. Stallions move uh, on undefeated, 33-17 win, 16 carries and 105 yards, one touchdown, two receptions, 15 yards. The diving in touchdown was awesome. But, Lars, you brought up in the break, you said, man, he, he looked like the old Bo Scarborough back in Alabama.
5: He looked, uh, he looked as healthy as I've seen him since pre-injury in the national championship game when he was dominating that game, and I will argue till forever till I'm blue in the face that Alabama beats Clemson if Bo Scarborough doesn't get hurt. Uh, Matt, you and I went to the game together. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much because I couldn't have done it without you. I took my three kids and... Uh, a little bit well, of a disaster here and there, but, guess, for, the, but, but for the most part, oh, it's
6: fun. But you, you will notice Dude, you that survived. Everything yeah. was good going to and leaving and going. Yeah. But you, you will notice that I chose to stay in the air conditioning <laughs> yeah. as opposed to sitting down there. You were, what, 15 rows up? Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't realize it until we got out of the car. Saturday night was hot. It was hot. It was 6 o'clock
5: and 90 degrees in the humidity. And and, and it turned out the the guy sitting behind us, he uh, he had read a couple of my books. And so now my kids think that everybody in the world has read my books. So I'm the world's greatest selling author. But. aren't uh, you? (laughs) I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Put it in the intro. Uh, probably here yeah. recently. Yeah, uh, like recently. No, here but, locally. But, but he just, he, he had quickness. He had power. He yeah. was elusive. Uh, it could, showed that he could catch the ball in the backfield. And uh, to me, it, he looks like the best back in the league. And I, and I know it's just one game, but... But boy, uh, Matt, uh, he had a burst. He had everything that we saw again when he was fully healthy at Alabama. And I don't know if he was fully healthy when he's been in the NFL. So this could be a springboard for him. I'll tell you what he looked like exactly as you described, but... I always liked it because he looked like
6: he was running downhill, even on short-yarded situations, and he looked like he was running downhill again. And then he showed his athleticism, which we know about, and he replaced C.J. Marable, who had 114 yards rushing the week before. So, hey, Coach Holtz, did you also notice and- they lined up in a full T? yeah
5: a couple of times.
6: I love, I love that. I love that, too. So that's like, we're about that's, to that's punch like, that's you. I'm like, going to punch you in the mouth. And Dude, they that's, and, that's, and
4: that's, they showed that. the old, like, setup when that was yeah. first put together. I love that. And, I, and, 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 that and they awesome. were
5: actually wrong on that. I'm sorry. Uh, it's 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 the Carlisle Indian School. This is Jim Thorpe. Yes. We're going back to, like, 1907, and they chose Fielding Yost. And I believe Yost is after uh, 1907 from yeah. Michigan. But, uh... Yes, uh, I think uh, I think they were just showing the,
4: the, the difference in or or that that was play was being done at that <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I'm just saying I get, they could have gone need back. To contact USFL and say get look, it right.
5: Hey, look at the cover of my book, Carlo versus Army. It's I love right that. there. It's, it's right uh, there. Um, but look, uh, I think Bo looked very very good. Birmingham now uh, still uh, the Stallions undefeated, and to me it's like it's them and the rest of the league. It's good uh, crowd,
6: too. They're good, still showing up. Really good 15,000, something like loud. that.
5: But a couple of quick observations. And, and, and also knowledgeable. And oh, yeah. So many Alabama fans. Oh. Uh, so many Alabama just, uh, and, fans.
6: And what a wonderful mix of people, too. Uh, just It's it's fun it to stand fun. where I stand and just converse with people. Um, I love that. But I, I'm really starting to give Skip Holtz a lot of credit for his ability to just get the feel on what quarterback. Because uh, Jamar wasn't getting it done. What does he do in the second half? He puts in Magoo, and who leads him to back to back touchdowns? Yeah. Um, but another thing, if we've got 60 seconds, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to go on a rant and, and I'm going to watch Lars light up, too. <laughs> when we were coming back from the game, we're on two lane Rocky Ridge. Oh, windy. Here we can go. I go there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can go there. Uh, windy. Okay. You don't go, and Lars is going. 35, 40, whatever the speed limit is. The speed limit is, is 40. I'm yeah. going 42. You're going, yeah, okay. A truck with these massive lamps <laughs> on the front of this grill gets up on Lars's butt. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm I don't so, think I'm, a lot of people. I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, ouchy. <laughs> I don't think a lot of truck drivers and SUV drivers realize that when you pull up on a sedan, yeah. Your lights are going straight through and into the rearview mirror, mm-hmm. even at a distance. But when you get back up where you can read Lars's shirt size, which is yeah. where this guy was, <laughs> right. it's he was absolutely... Like three- he was like
5: three feet behind me.
6: And, and then, <laughs> Lars, God, way to go, Nebraska. He does a brake check on the guy. <laughs> and and, and, and you, have you seen his car? Yeah. He's not doing a yeah. brake check yeah. In, in, yeah. in an 18-wheeler. In an, he's okay? in an outback. <laughs> he's yeah. in an outback. And uh the guy didn't back off. In fact, that angered him. Yeah. And then Lars just slowed excuse me, I just slobbered. <laughs> Lars just slows the car down. He just and gets very slowly into the turn
5: lane to go to his house. And that guy And the guy's still behind me, and there's nobody coming from the other side. It's and fun. I and I do like a an eight count. Like yes. there's nobody coming. And I just sit there, uh, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, <laughs> three Mississippi. Just, just waiting. You know, I'm yeah. in no hurry. Right. And then, you know what the
6: quote was from what? the back of the car? What? Daddy, why is that man honking at us?
5: <laughs> honking. Why
6: was he honking?
5: I know. <laughs> so my, did, my kids are speaking So did speaking
4: you wait Southern. till like you could turn and then it was? Yeah, got he the stop sign. <laughs> <Yeah>.
6: <laughs> I was, I was just <laughs> over there going. N- then you your house. <laughs> Go, go, Lars. Go, Lars.
4: I do not and carry a firearm in
6: my car. He. <laughs> that turn, it, it took a long time.
5: Yeah. I hey, think you made your The moral of the point. story is don't tailgate.
14: I mean, absolutely.
6: And be a little bit more careful. By the way, I don't understand why people like that have to have two headlamps on each side <laughs> and run their fog lights.
5: <laughs> Come on, man. It's the look. It's the look. I just it, find it, that it is highly, look. highly yeah. annoying. I probably shouldn't have done that with three small children. In <laughs> well, you know, it's back. Come on. <laughs> But I, but I yeah. had Matt there. I knew Matt had my back. I had L- your L- back. L- L- Matt L- was packing heat. Scratch that. The, 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 three, the three, young <laughs> young <laughs> three young women. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. They have to be very small to scratch those seats.
4: Wow, I almost lost our license. Just bite my lip. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Joe Gaither down in Jefferson. Thanks to Josh Smith, as always. And also, Matt Colter, Lars Anderson, MJ Barker, and all the folks out there listening. Thank you, Alex. Alex, yes, our intern. Thank you, Alex. Have a great day.
0: Hi, this is Wes McClure.